real privilege and an honor to, to be with you guys. Yo, we, we got to know one another probably about uh, two, three years ago. Our children, our son, Christian and Kim, I don't know if you remember them. They uh, moved from Tarkastad and they end up in East London. <clears throat> and so they were doing some church hopping and uh, the hop stopped <laughs> here at Shofar. And um, so we were still in the free state. So my son phoned me one day and says, Dad, uh, you need to meet these people. I listen, it's was yellow. <laughs> it's a compliment for us. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, so they settled here for a couple of months. And uh, it was just wonderful, Andre, to watch them growing and getting hungry for the Lord and the Lord were doing in their lives and just... Uh, that was a, a wonderful season uh, in their lives. Now, eventually, they moved back to, you know, to Tarkistan. But in between, uh, we moved from the Free State to East London. The Lord uprooted us after uh, almost 20 years. We thought we were going to uh, retire in the Free State. And uh, so he uprooted us, and then he sent us on assignment to East London. And now we're we, we part, of, part of this uh, wonderful city and what God is doing, and meeting wonderful people. And uh, so we started the church, it was a new church plant, and uh, Christian and Kim was here. And so Tash and I decided um, we're not going to ask them to join us, because they're happier. And uh, if we asked them to join us, because a father and mother would obviously love to have your children with you in the, in the church, they would obviously not say no. We said, Lord, we're not going to ask them. We're going to say nothing. You better sp- if you want them to be with us, then speak to them. But otherwise, they're happy and they grow and they enjoy the worship, enjoy the cell groups. And, and so January, I think, 2015, Christian and Kim uh, uh, come see us and says, Dad, uh, the Lord spoke and we need to come and join you and help you what you guys are doing with your assignment. And so uh, they had a chat with you, and uh, then you wrote them a letter. And Andre, I will not forget that letter that you wrote and the way that you released them and honored us. And I think we've only met once. I think it was somewhere here in December 2014 uh, and chatted about this and that. And the way you you honored us and you honored um, what God is doing in the city, I I will not forget. So... Salute you guys for your heart, and uh, you guys, uh, uh, you are an amazing church. You, your vision statement is that you uh, want to reach the nations, and I see you, you actually do it. You go to Brazil, and you're going to India, and you're going to Malawi, and I hear you <laughs> into the trans sky, and... Uh, so we really, we really appreciate your heart for outside of the local body, the local church, just this gathering where the Lord, the family, the Lord has put us. And so that ring a heart, uh, a string in our hearts, because we have a love for the nations in Africa. We've been working in <clears throat> in um, Uganda for the past 15 years, and then a door opened <clears throat> from Uganda into Rwanda, and so seven, eight years ago we went. And getting involved in Rwanda <clears throat> helped the church to 
to stand up and grow and be mature after the genocide. And while we were there, the door opened into Burundi. So we're going <laughs> once a year, we're going to these Great Lakes areas <clears throat> and minister to leaders um, in, in that area. Which, which is, that's who we are. We are missionaries at heart. So we become from, from the free state. Uh, we have been involved with the Sesotho people for the best part of um, the last 20 years. We've planted a couple of churches in the townships. And the Lord has really given us a, a heart for, for, for poor people. And uh, for 10 years, <clears throat> excuse me, we uh, lived... And we've ministered amongst the Sesotho people in, uh, in very poor conditions, in shacks, um, pensioners, people didn't have jobs. Um, and uh, our life has never been the same after those years. Your life can never be the same again if you live and work amongst People who have very little, and they become your family. They become your brothers and your sisters, but they also become your sons and your daughters in the faith. And for those 10 years that we've worked among the Sesotho people in the, in the free state and the different communities, our lives were forever changed. And we are forever grateful for, uh, for that season in our lives. And, and then uh, after 10, and so one, <laughs> one day... And I spoke to one another and, and said, Lord, say, so you know what? We actually never want to go back to pink people, to white people. Just leave us here amongst the Sesotho people. We are so happy amongst them because I know my own people, near the Afrikaans people, Rakni, Smakni, Honey, Funny, Snady, Broiki, Sway, we don't want. Because these people have, have just taught us the basics of the gospel. They have shown us that we have discovered the heart of the Lord uh, in, a, in, a, in a dimension that we, we have not known before. So, we thought we were going to stay there in the free state for, 20, for the rest of our life, get retired there, and then three years ago, the Lord uh, uprooted us and he sent us to East London to, uh, on assignment, um, help to fix a broken situation um, in the mother church of the movement, uh, the network that we are part of. And so we have been uh, in East London for the past three years. And no source does in it lump Engelse. You just need to slag newer. So uh, we, um, we found ourselves amongst uh, wonderful people uh, who, who journeyed with the Lord for many years, and uh, we found uh, this amazing uh, culture in East London, where where uh, where our leaders are are actually not competing with one another, where their hearts are open, where there's a seeking for reconciliation, where there's a seeking for unity, where there's a seeking for peace. And so, somewhere along the line, we, we got connected with, with Andre and some other brothers, and we started to, to meet once, uh, once a month, come together with no agenda, 
park in the presence of the Lord, have a soaking meeting, and just say, Lord, what is, what is on your heart? And so out of that, we, we've, we got to know one another's hearts. And um, so we're on, on this journey together for what God wants to do uh, in the city. So some of the things that I just want to share with you is around um, what God is doing in this season in this city where you and I have been placed. Because if you told me, if you told me four years ago that I would be here tonight in East London, and standing and sharing in another church, I would say, not a socket, never in my life. <clears throat> but God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are perfect, and the plans that he has for us is indeed good plans to bless us and to prosper us and to give us a hope in the future. So I really appreciate, Andre, uh, your heart for the city and this very thing that you are busy doing to bringing ministries from other expressions of the body of Christ in East London to come and share life and ministry. Uh, and you are actually taking a lead and an example, sending us an example for what God wants to do in the future. So the Lord has um, a lot to say about cities. Excuse me. Proverbs 11 verse 10 says, When the righteous prosper, the city rejoices. Abraham, okay, now I will, I will, let, you, I will let you know when you have to go there. Um, Abraham was looking forward to a city that God was building. Jesus at one stage came to Jerusalem and I looked over Jerusalem and Jesus wept. He wept over the city. And he said, how I long to gather you like a hen gathered her chicks. The bride of Christ is portrayed as a city in Revelation. Came down, the new Jerusalem came down from heaven, a bride. The bride of Christ is, is a city. So God has got a lot to say about cities. And God has got a heart for the city. Jeremiah 29 um, also speaks about cities. So the first slide, uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 11, is probably one of the most uh, famous scriptures and often being quoted. But it's not always quoted within the context in which it was written. If you look a little bit forward to, give me the next slide. If we look forward to, uh, forward to uh, Jeremiah 29 verse 7, the context is of a city. Jeremiah 29 11 is in the context of a city. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And then in verse 11 comes in the context of that, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. The context of this was, was there was a false prophet, Anania. And he was saying, 
is that the time of their travel and exile is only going to last for two years. And then the Lord is going to break the yoke of the Babylonians because they're going to move into exile and you're going to be free. And then Jeremiah came and says, Ananiah, you are telling lies to the people. And the Lord is going to remove you because you lie to the people. Because these people are going to stay there for 70 years. They're going to stay in Babylon. And while they're in Babylon, marry, have children, plant vineyards, eat, multiply, increase. And then he says, Seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And so instead of of thinking that they're going to get out of their trouble, and they're going to escape out of the the oppression and the difficult times they're going to face while they're in Babylon, The word of the Lord came and says, while you are there in Babylon, pray for the city. Pray for his prosperity. Pray for his peace. Because if the city prospers, you will also prosper. And so, you and I have been placed in his London. Acts chapter 17 verse 26 says that... Even the next slide. From one man he made every nation of men and that I should live, should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the set times for them and the exact places where they should live. You and I have been placed in East London in this context. God has determined the times set and the boundaries where people should live. It's not by accident that you and I are here. It was determined by God that we would live in his London in this season, in this time, for his purpose. And even if it's London, and if you look at what's going on around us, could be like a Babylon. We can look at all the wickedness and we can see all the things that is wrong and the things that is not its place. The Lord says, pray for the city. Pray that the city will prosper. Because if it prospers, you will also prosper. Pray for the peace of the city. The church is also a gate. The church, one of the pictures of the church is that the church is a house, but also the church is a gate. If you can think of the next slide. Jacob, fleeing from Esau, and um, he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw angels ascending and descending. And top of the ladder into the heaven. And he woke up, and he says, my God. I didn't, I was not aware of it. God is in this place. How awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. 
There's no church building there. It's one man on the side of a hill having an encounter with God. And he says, this is none other than the house of God. This is the gate of heaven. A gate is a place of transition. It's a place where things come in and things go out. It is transition from one sphere to another sphere, from one realm to another realm. And so, this is the first instance in Scripture where it speaks about that the church is a house and the house is a gate. So what does it say to us? The church of Jesus in his London is a gate between heaven and earth. There's no other way that the people in this city can come to know what's, ha- what's happening in heaven, who this God of the heavens is, unless the church introduce them to the God of heaven. People encounter God through us, through you, and through me. We are actually dual citizens. We are citizens of heaven, and we are citizens of the earth. We actually, with our one feet is on the earth, and the other, we are in heaven. Because we are seated in heavenly places. We are the tools also in the hands of God that releases the reality of heaven into this world. So the church is God's instrument in this city to prosper the city and for this city to come to the destiny that the Lord has for this city. It's interesting to have a look at the meaning of the word church. Can you just uh, maybe give us this, uh, the next slide? I took this from a book from Colin Dye, Glory in the Church. The word for church is, is ecclesia. And in, in the Greek world, the ecclesia was the electorate of a city. And they herald and summoned all the free men in the city to the council where they were debate and vote. And this gathering was called the assembly or the ecclesia. So the word ecclesia, church, is Actually, it's a city word. So what, what happened there is that in, in, in Greece and in Athens is that when they gathered, that the ecclesia were the group of people who had unlimited powers. They elected and dismissed magistrates, generals, and other military leaders. It raised allocated funds to support its campaigns. It declared war and made peace. It assigned troops to different tasks and sent them from the city to fight on behalf of the city. And they decided on a military strategy. They also had the final say in legislation. Now, how about this word when Jesus says, On this rock I will build my church. I will build my ecclesia. When Jesus said that to Peter on his confession that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God, On this rock, this confession, I will build my ecclesia. Jesus had this very picture in mind, that this is what the church is going to do. 
It's interesting that the ecclesia in Athens, for example, over the city, about 30 to 60,000 people, that the quorum was 6,000 people. But when these people got together, this is what they did. They had unlimited power. They dismissed magistrate generals and other military leaders. They declared war and made peace. And they had the final say about legislation, and also they decided on a military strategy. So, Andre, what I believe God is doing amongst us, this picture, this call of Ecclesia cannot truly come to fulfillment if each body is doing its own thing on their own. What God is busy doing in the context of this city is that He is bringing different leaders together with the same heart, for the same vision, for the same purpose, for the bigger picture. What about, what about if, if, if this is what Jesus had in mind when He says, this is the Ecclesia. This is what I want the Ecclesia to do. What about the church in East London getting together and find a common strategy? How would we advance the kingdom together for the sake of Jesus in this city? One church, one cannot do it on its own. We, we need one another desperately. And so out of this Relationship that we've been formed, we had a conference last week and we found ourselves <laughs> on, uh, on, on thin ice because, you know, you, you get involved with ministries and people that you don't know, you have to find one another. But God is busy doing something for the sake of the, of, of the call of the church in this city. And so... Theology is never going to unite us. And we have found that over the years that theology and doctrine have never succeeded to bring leaders and churches together. It is relationship. And so it is out of this relationship that the Lord is bringing us together to get to know one another, support one another, pray for one another, take hands with one another so that God's kingdom can come. For me. That prayer in John 17, there must be a generation and a people and sometime through who that prayer is going to come to fulfillment. And I want to say, I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that generation that Jesus prayed for. Lord, let there be one as, they, as we are one. And so, <clears throat> the Lord has, has put a group of brothers, as Andre referred to earlier on, together in a relationship where we seek and to know and find one another for who we are in Christ, not for what we believe theologically. And so, this is a, this is, this is a unique journey. It is a journey where we have to trust the Lord and trust one another in spite of the fact that we disagree on some theological issues.
And so it's out of that that we are preaching into one another's churches. There are gifts in the city. You know, so, <clears throat> so often we just look, we, we, we are part of a network called Foundation Ministries International. And so when you look at gifts, you normally look at gifts within the network. And I'm grateful for the movement that we are part of. Been part of that movement for the past 35 years. But uh, we are also part of the church in the city, of the ecclesia in the city. And for what God wants to do in the season to come, we're going to need one another. If we truly believe that there is a harvest, the Lord is preparing a harvest, then one church and one expression, one network will not be able to complete the task. We are going to need one another. We're going to need the different gifts within, within the city to accomplish the task. And so, Andre, I salute you guys for, for just taking initiative and doing what, what, what you are doing. This morning, Corey, you had Hank uh, here the other day. And so, I want to, I want to ask you, that you would join the leaders and pray for us and pray for the Lord that he would indeed weld us, unite our hearts together. Because unity is not something under one roof. Unity is not similarity. There is unity in diversity. And we are so diverse in this city. And so, will you, will you join us? And will you pray towards this thing that God is busy doing. My spiritual father, maybe you were knowing Derek Crumpton. <clears throat> he uh, used to say to me, he said, Chris, we don't work for God. We see where God is working and then you join him there. You see where God is working and then you join him on what he's busy doing. And so, 1 Corinthians, uh, 1 uh, Chronicles, I think it's 12, somewhere it speaks about the sons of Issachar. <clears throat> and it's said of the sons of Issachar, that the sons of Issachar knew the times and the seasons of Israel on what they, what Israel should do. The sons of Issachar understood the times, I think the seasons of God, and what Israel should do. So if we, will, if, if we want to be wise, then we should also, in this season that we find ourselves, discern the time and the season of God, and God, what are you doing? And so what I felt to share with you tonight is that it's not probably affecting us as a person individually, but it's just a corporate word that the Lord wants to speak to us. Lord, show us what you are doing and let us join you in this, in this, in this effort.
And so, I think East London, the, the speakers that came from, uh, was here for the prophetic conference, just shared this, that I found this very unique, that six different ministries have organized a conference together and worked together to, to, to have this conference. It is, um, it's, not, it's not common for a city to do that. At least where I come from in the free state, you know, <laughs> we, each one was doing their own thing. But this thing that we are seeing is something that God is doing. And we need to join him in this, what he does. So what should we do? Pray for the city where the Lord has placed us. Pray, pray for its peace and pray for its prosperity. Because if the city prospers, you also prosper. And that means that it's something that we have to do intentionally. And so from my side, I, I intentionally want to know the other brothers in the city, who they are in Christ, not just what they believe, what the church is all about, but who are you in the Lord? And so, the other day, I, I know the brain is a fisherman who also likes fishing, and those <laughs> who know you know me, um, uh, I, I, love, I love the fishing. So, uh, we had an outstanding coffee date, and I, I said to Arno, you know, uh, what about just go fishing, you know, this afternoon? He says, no, man, I can't do it. I'm busy. He says, so, well, what about, what about tomorrow, 6 o'clock? Get a flask of coffee. He says, no, it's great as him. So, 6 o'clock, got into my boat, got into the Ganubi River, had a flask of coffee, and we sat there for three hours and just chat and talk about what God has put on his heart for this city. And I discover in Arno de Brain's heart this passion for the lost and the gospel. He's the, pastor of, uh, uh, he's the pastor of everyday people. And so he, he had this thing about, <clears throat> was saying about the gospel. He says, you know what, the gospel is not just for the day that we came to salvation. The gospel is applicable in every situation of life. Doesn't matter what you and I find ourselves in, it is the gospel. What does the gospel say about it? He said, and sometimes we forget the gospel. We struggle and we, we, we don't have a breakthrough. Say, oh, but we forgot the gospel. What about the gospel? And so something that morning deposited in my own heart about we sometimes get so busy with church that we forget the gospel. Because the church is about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what I felt that I want us to do is that if we could, maybe tonight, some of, some of our people are here, if we, if we could just maybe spend some time in groups of four or five, Andre, and that we would pray that Jeremiah 29, 7 and 29, 11 scripture about the prosperity of the city, the plans that the Lord has for the city to prosper, to give us a hope, to give us a future. And that the Lord will unfold this plan that He is busy with connecting leaders' hearts. I think there's a solid platform for what the Lord has established amongst the six of us, six, seven of us. But the Lord wants to add to that 
He wants to create a, a firm platform from, from where we can do military exploits, where we can together stand against the forces of darkness, where we together can declare and proclaim the, the destiny and the promises that the Lord has for this city. There are some amazing prophetic promises over this city over the years. And so it's going to require not just one church to do that, but that we corporately would lay hold of those prophetic promises, declare them, pray them, and see them come into fulfillment. And so this is what I felt, Andre, that I wanted just to share with you. So can uh, maybe leave it to you? Can we maybe just get into some groups, five or six, and uh, we... Uh, we can we get in pray. So this yesterday morning, I went to my garden. And I came against this. I come across this uh, a broken villa in my garden, and you can see there that is the same tree with light pink uh, flowers, but in the middle of that is this purple flower that's standing out. And which, what says to me is that we are part of the same vine we have been planted here, but each body of Christ are different. We have a different flavor. We have a different color. Uh, we have a, dif- a different. Uh, uh, we have a different sound. And so, although we look different, we are part of the same root system. We are part of the same tree in order to bear fruit for Jesus.